The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. God of mercy, the God of compassion. We thank you for loving us, the pillar that holds our lives. We bow before you this day. We sing of your praise, O God. We sing of your mercy, O God. We sing of your compassion, O God. We sing of your love, O God. And we say thank you, Father. Thank you for first loving us. We cast our crowns before you this morning. We acknowledge you to be the King of kings, to be the Lord of lords, to be the God of gods, to be the only true God, immortal, invisible, the almighty, the all-powerful, the all-sufficient God, omnipotent God, great in majesty. We bow before you, majesty, majesty, majesty. We say, great God, we come before you this morning. Thank you, Father, for you have received our praise. Thank you, Father, because you're here with us this morning. Thank you for your love, Lord God, that encompasses us. We bless your name. We have come to hear from you this morning. We have come, Lord God, to the throne of mercy. We have come to the throne of love. Jehovah God, please accept our praise, accept our worship, and we ask that you continue with us this day. Blessed be your name, glorious God. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. That's a very weak amen. 
Praise the Lord. Please be seated in his presence. Today we're talking about love. It's a month of love. And you know, somehow when the choir led by pastor um, sang that hymn, I thought one of these days we should have a hymn now, <laughs> a hymn now service. Awesome. Really awesome. Praise God. Today we're talking about love in the marketplace. Love in the marketplace and how we can build relationships in the marketplace for our own good. But I want to start with a testimony which is coming from one of us in this place. And I'll read it just the way it is because it's about the marketplace. And the fellow says, I want to bless the name of the Lord for his work and hand in my life and that of my family. Towards the end of last year, we made a prayer request to God as a family for a salary increment for me since I was satisfied with staying with the company. So in other words, he didn't want to leave that company, but he wanted a bigger salary there. I spoke to my manager, whom I report to in December 2021 about it, and he was quite responsive about it. He is based in the U.S. office and had no idea what I earn here in Canada, but promised to speak to the manager responsible for the Canadian office about it and about putting it into effect in the next business year, which was March of 2022. The manager in Canada wasn't given a positive response early on and was avoiding the conversation with my manager. By March 2022, I got a... $3,200, so $3,200 increase in salary for the year, which was less than half of what I wanted. We were still praying about it and thanking God because we knew it's already done, and we were just waiting for the physical manifestation. And my manager went as far as taking up the case with the CEO, stroke president of the company in North America, and HR for North America. There was lots of back and forth, lots of delay from management, and due to my demand, they decided to further increase the salary of everyone in the office in Toronto. To the glory of God, we got the approval from the CEO last week in July 2022 for the salary increment, and I didn't just get the figure I wanted, I got more than twice the amount I wanted. Praise Master Jesus. Hallelujah. For your sake, everybody will benefit. Amen. That's what we're seeing here. Because of him, everybody's salary was increased. But he got more than twice what he was believing God for. So push, push, push. Pray until something happens. And you see with the eyes of faith. Congratulations, my brother. My testimony is next. I've said it. My testimony is next. Okay. We'll do it together. That's love. Thank you, Pastor Nkechi. That's love. So we're talking about love in the marketplace. And we may be asking, where is the marketplace? Where is the marketplace? Is it the flea market? Is it the farmer's market? Back home in Africa, we know, yeah, 
for those of us who lived in the Lagos area, you go to Okeari, that's the marketplace. Somebody said, <laughs> real markets. But when we talk about the marketplace today, we're talking about where you work, where you trade your goods, where you go to school. That's the marketplace. If you are a business person, where you do your business, even if it is online, even if you are a sole business person and people you know, uh, place orders with you, it's a marketplace. It doesn't have to be a busy, busy place. You don't have to go into work. For a lot of us who work from home these days, virtual or who study virtually, it's still the marketplace. Because whether you like it or not, you are interacting with people. And so for as long as you are interacting with people to get things done, to move along in life, then that is the marketplace. And I just want to start with Romans 12, verse 1, and it's the message translation. If we can put that up. Me um, message translation, Romans 12, 1. And it says, so here, here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. So everything about you, but emphasis on going to work and walking around. You want to place it before God as an offering. And you find out that when you are going to work, when you are walking around, is it about school? Is it about your business? Is it about going to work, going into the office? Is it about doing things virtually? I know people who have worked for two years since the pandemic, and they haven't met any of their colleagues face to face. Is there anybody like that here? You haven't met any colleague of yours face to face. Some people have actually started new jobs. They know everybody by name, they know the face of the people or whatever, but they haven't met them face to face. So wherever you are, whether you go to work on your laptop, whether you go to work physically, whether you study on your laptop, whether you do your business, you know, is it trading goods on Amazon or whatever, whatever it is you do, you need to place it before God as an offering. And you place it before God as an offering through love. You need to do it in a sacrificial way. And I just want to talk about relationships here. Relationships are formed in the marketplace as they are everywhere. Truth of the matter is when you're in the marketplace, or rather, let me put it this way, in the marketplace you spend most of your waking hours. Am I correct? So most of your productive hours you spend in the marketplace. And so you have got to exhibit love. God created us for relationships. He didn't create us for isolation. You know, and it's not surprising that when they want to punish some prisoners, they put them into isolation. And they are there by themselves. And you imagine what it's like. If you are at home yourself, it's, it's even okay because you can turn on the TV, you have your phone, you have social media, you can speak with people and all of that. 
and you're home by choice. You can go out if you want to, but imagine being put in isolation. God did not create us for that. And that's why he said, it is not good for man to be alone. And he created woman. But that's another story. That's not where we're going today. So relationships in the family, in the community, in your neighborhood, in church, in the marketplace, in school, a work where you trade your words in the marketplace. I remember buying something on Amazon. And it did not, it was below expectation. It did not meet my expectations. And then I wrote to the uh, guy and I said, this does not meet my expectation. And I just sent him a private uh, email. I need to return it. This guy did not budge. He ignored me, and this thing was very expensive. And you know what I did? I went on Amazon directly and put a message out there. Before I knew what was happening, this guy responded. And so when Amazon got back to me and said, we want a review, I just said, God, out of love, I'm not going to. I prefer not to write a review than to put lies there. But he immediately got back to me because I now put it out there using the Amazon platform to say, this thing does not meet my needs. I have been in touch with you. You have not responded. And the time for return was running out. So what was he up to? Love in the marketplace. So whether you meet somebody face to face or you meet somebody virtually, it is the marketplace. And it makes a world of difference what you do. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever your hands find to do, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Ecclesiastes 9.10, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Do it with your might. What does your might mean? It means everything you have. It's not just about physical power. It's not just about brute force. It's about wisdom. It's about intelligence. It's about being perceptive. But again, it's about love. It is about love. It's about your emotional strength. It's about your presence. Your mind is about everything. It's about wisdom. And then it's about your relationships. Because you cannot do any work without a relationship, and it's saying do it with your mind. If you just go in there, you know, like a bull in a china shop, and you're just going through, 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 what's going to happen? Somebody's going to say, take this fellow out of the way. Take him out, take him out, take him out. He's of no use. But when he talks about doing it with your might, it means put everything you've got into it. You've got to talk about your reasoning, You've got to talk about your emotions. You've got to talk about your presence. You've got to be present, not physically present, you know? Because in these days of virtual whatever, you've, you've got to be present. And it is no wonder that some organizations insist that when you are on Zoom, the camera must be on. Because I know a lot of us will switch off that camera and we're busy doing other things. Women, am I, am I talking here? It's not a women's meeting, but I know. <laughs> That's when uh, Titi will be beating Ifemi and saying, 
what exactly are you doing there? You know? So for that presence, they want you to be present. And a lot of us, you know, we are present from here up. You want to see what is below, you'll be shocked. The men are in boxers. The women are in gym pants. But the top, you're wearing your jacket and, you know, you're looking very corporate. But that's the world we live in today. Well, whatever it is, you cannot do it without love. You need love. And we need to show love in the marketplace. You're going to ask me, but why, how? Marketplace, cutthroat, competition. Everybody is vying, you know, to be number one. Everybody is struggling for promotion. You know, it's a basket full of crabs. I'm trying to get out. The next person is trying to pull me down. People are reporting me to the supervisor. People are, you know, trying to run me. I mean, uh, Dick Kennedy on uh, Friday was talking about a lady who was speaking to him in front of two supervisors. And it was clear that lady was trying to rubbish him. You get all of that. And there are other people you get, the suck-ups, you know, who just do things, who polish apples for the bosses. Then you get the bosses who are nightmares. You see the boss coming this way, and you go that way. But that is the marketplace. It is what it is. But as Christians, when we go into the marketplace, remember, you know, Romans 12.1. It says going to work, we should place it before God as an offering. And you cannot just place it before God that way. You've got to do it with love. Brethren, careers, businesses have been terminated abruptly because of the inability to manage relationships well. Somebody is running a business. Okay, so for example, that's... That example I gave, you know, of my buying something on Amazon and the guy not responding. If I put a very bad review there, what, what, what would happen next? That business could very easily, you know, uh, die. Even as a business owner, the way you manage your business, the way you manage relationships matters a lot. Because there are businesses that have, gone back, that have been run aground because of the inability of the business owners to manage relationships. And so word of mouth is, is the most effective means of advertising. For those who do marketing communications, word of mouth, very powerful. And so somebody wants a job, ah, don't go there. Don't go there. And you keep wondering why people come, stay one day, or you know, whatever. There's something wrong. And you need to look at that. People have lost jobs. Have people engaged in fisticuffs in the workplace? Yes. And they have lost jobs. I know of somebody, an executive, who slapped a driver. It wasn't even in the place of work. It was outside. But for that reason, the executive, I'm not talking about a manager. He was on the executive team the leadership team of a multinational organization. A big slap, and the driver came back to report. He lost his job. So your inability to manage relationships could actually result in job loss. 
people are undermining one another. Oh, you know, um, as we say, do me, I do you. You give it to me, I give it back to you. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I know the last three words are on everybody's lips. But I'm not going to utter those words here. Because really, God go vex. <laughs> I've uttered them in a different way. Do me, I do you. God go vex. Because at the end of the day, you could end up losing your job. And then you start blaming demons. You start blaming who? Somebody back at home. Somebody who is sleeping nicely. You start blaming the devil. The devil made me do it. There's this joke that somebody saw the devil crying. Satan was weeping. And they asked him, Satan, but why are you weeping? What is wrong? You, Satan, weeping? And Satan says, ah, it's those people. Which people? Ah, those Pentecostals. What have they done to you? Everything, they say, it's me. Everything, it's me. What I know about, what I don't know about, they blame it on me. So let's be careful. Satan will not weep on your account. <laughs> he will. He will. He will. He will. Let's be careful. Because there are things that we do and we cause ourselves a lot of harm because we're unable to manage our relationships in the marketplace. We're unable to demonstrate love. We're unable to get along with people we work with, with our supervisors, with our colleagues, with our subordinates. We are unable to get along with anybody. And then, you know, they mention your name and everybody says, no, please don't go there. Oh, are you going to work with this person? And the look, people don't even have to say anything. The look is like, no, I don't want that person. If I, if I had a choice, I would, not, I would rather not go there. Are you one of such people? So there, there's just all of that. And so people have lost jobs. People have destroyed businesses. People move from one job to another to another. And then they keep wondering. They keep asking themselves why. Can we just stop and look in the mirror, look into ourselves, and ask ourselves, if it's, is it because we're unable to manage relationships? Is it because we're unable to demonstrate love? Even for the students, sometimes you are put into tutorial groups and people do not want to work with you. People would rather keep quiet when you are there. Is it because you talk too much? Is it because you run people down? Is it because you show that you are too smart? So there are ways of showing love. So the, the question is, how do you show love in the marketplace? How do you show love in the marketplace? The first thing is, you want to seek the good of others. You don't want to seek your good. You want to seek the good of others. 1 Corinthians 10.24 NIV, it says, No one should seek their own good but the good of others. God is the one who rewards. Seek the good of others. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. And you seek the good of others, not because you are expecting a reward from that person, but because you know that God will reward. 
Galatians 6, 9 says, you should not grow weary whilst doing good, for in due course you shall reap if you do not lose heart. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So seek the good of others. You know, Mordecai actually saved the life of King Ahasuerus. And that's in the book of Esther 6, verses 1 to 3. You can read that at home. Mordecai saved the life of the king. He wasn't expecting anything, but he saved the life of the king. And you know what? One day the king was unable to sleep. And he said, bring me the book of remembrance. Somebody will open the book of remembrance for your sake in the name of Jesus. Because of the good you have done. The book of remembrance will be opened unto you. And so the book was opened and he saw that Mordecai actually did something to save his life. And the rest of the story, I believe we know. And that was why the Jews were saved from annihilation based on the antics of Herman. Because of the good that Mordecai had done. He didn't do it because he wanted a reward. He did it because he wanted to save the king. So as you go out there, think about the good of the person. Don't think about your own good. So the first point we have said, how to show love in the marketplace is you seek the good of others. The second point is you clothe yourself with the presence of Jesus. Clothe yourself with the presence of Jesus. Romans 13, 13 to 14 NLT, the New Living Translation. If you have it, please put it up. It says, because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Quarreling and jealousy. Underline. Quarreling and jealousy. The others are important, but I'm talking about the marketplace. Jealousy and quarreling. You clothe yourself with the presence of God. It says, instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. So you want to think all the time, in this circumstance, what would Jesus do? What will Jesus do? You know, there are some stories I have shared, and I will share them again and again. So pardon me if I'm repeating some stories. You know, there was this guy who was my boss. And he was a Christian. Before he would pick a microphone or anything, he would say, you know, I'm a Christian. And so this is what I do. But for some reason, I knew that he didn't want me in his space anymore. That's a different it's a different story, but let's just come to that. But I continued. I would see him. I would greet him. I would, you know, chat with him, and I just continued. And then one day, he said to me, I'd like to see you. This had gone on for a while. I knew what was going on, but I pretended, you know, and I continued doing my stuff. Like, let me just continue. It's hard, but I'm going to continue. And then one fine day, he calls me, and he says, I'd like to see you. And I'm like, now? He says, uh, no. And then we fix an appointment. He says, I want to see you off-site. So 
the day came. I think it was about three days later. And I got in to the place where he said he wanted to see me. And he was already seated. So I sat down and he said, oh, do you want a drink? Or, and I said, no, I don't want a drink. And the only thing he said to me was, I just want to apologize to you. I'm so sorry. I have made, I have tried to make life difficult for you. I've tried to make your job difficult, but I haven't succeeded. And the Holy Spirit smote me, which is why I have called you to apologize to you. And I looked at him. I said to him, oh, that's okay. That's all right. And he said, do you have anything to say? I said, no. And two minutes later, he said, that's all I wanted to say to you. I'm so sorry. And he got up and left. And I took my things. I got up and I left. Did the relationship improve? Not really. Because you know how it is. You know, it takes time. It takes time to get to, to regain that trust. But at least now there was that transparency. And so, if I checkmated him at any point, he knew what I was doing. And I think he then realized, she knew all along that, you know, I was trying to make life difficult for her. But as you clothe yourself with Jesus, the Lord will fight your battle. There was no reason for him to have called me to apologize. Well, he did. The Lord will fight your battle. And so clothe yourself with the presence of Jesus. The third thing you can do to show love in the marketplace is clothe yourself with love. Related to clothing yourself with the presence of Jesus, you clothe yourself with love. Colossians 3, 12 to 14. Colossians 3, 12 to 14, it says, As an elect of God, you put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness. Colossians 3. Not twelve, not two, three. You must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, goodness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. I confided, Eddie referred to, you know, Jesus saying, how many times should I forgive? Seventy times seven. And it's not about one, two, three, I get to 490. They cannot do that's the end for you. No more. No. You do it again and again. You clothe yourself with love. And, you know, the book of Psalms says it's in the place of unity. Here it says love is the bond. It's a bond of perfection. That it's, in, it's in the place of unity that God commands his blessings. And when you clothe yourself with love, then there's unity. I'm sure I have shared the story of I love Yaya. I love Yaya. Does anybody remember that story? No. Oh, you want me to tell a story again? <laughs> so, this guy worked in one of the topmost banks. And there was this messenger called Yaya. And this guy, I mean, 
Christian, a pastor. But he knew Yahya did not like him. And he also did not like Yahya. He could not stand Yahya. But Yahya did not also like him. So it was mutual. But brethren, I want you to know that some of the most powerful people in organizations are the people down below. The kind of information they have, you don't have. The politics that they get involved in, you don't get into. Don't underestimate anybody. But all of a sudden, he decided this has to stop. This must stop. And then he will see Yahaya and he will tell himself, he said, he will say, you know, to himself, I love Yahaya. I love Yahaya. I love Yahaya. And then eventually he truly loved Yahaya. And Yahaya loved him in return. And the kind of information Yahaya, the errand boy, gave him, he said he couldn't believe it. Eventually Yahaya passed away. But he was happy that he made peace with Yahaya before Yahaya passed away. We don't know what tomorrow holds. And it's not just about you being comfortable in the place of work, but, but it's also about you and your creator being happy with you. If he had not, you know, made an overture to Yahaya and Yahaya had passed, what would have happened? How would he have felt? So let's make peace with everyone. Clothe yourself with love. And remember, as you go into work, I know some of us work in places where, uh, by virtue of some work that I do, there are things that I see and things that I know. And some of us work in places where we have some very difficult customers. Those old women that we have to tend to, those old men we have to tend to, very difficult. But just go in and say, I love this woman. I love this man. I love this woman. I love this man. And the Lord will help us. The fourth point there is pray for those you do not like or those who do not like you. Related to the point of clothing yourself with love. Luke 6, 27 to 28 says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. Pray for them. Pray for them. And it makes a world of difference. There was this guy at work, I, I mean, well, thank God for my brother's testimony where he asked for a pay rise. I asked for a pay rise because, I, I mean, in my job, I could see everybody's salary. And I knew that I was being underpaid. And so I went up to him and I asked for a pay rise. And he looked me in the eye and he said, I will not give it to you. I said, oh, you have said you will not give it to me. He said, I will not give it to you. So I said, that's fine. He said, are you happy? I said, I'm not happy. I said, but I'll continue working. And I continued doing my job. You know, and I just went before God. I'm like, God, this guy says he will not give me this pay rise. But I know that you are God. It's not up to you. And I continued doing my job. Eventually, he was, <laughs> he was asked to leave. And you know, it was under very, it, the circumstances were very acrimonious. And I had to manage the whole thing. 
And so me, the person whose salary he refused to increase, I became his best friend. Because now I was fighting for him. And I was fighting for him, not, not out of love, but from the point of justice. And from the point of people have to be treated with decency. People have to be treated humanely. At the end of the day, we became good friends. And at the end of the day, after he left, I got a salary increase. So he didn't, he didn't get the thanks. Somebody else got the thanks. But you know, he came to me, oh, you know, please help me do this. And I kept saying to him, it's okay. It's okay. I will do it. I will do it. You know? And then, after he left, we continued with that relationship. But I'm saying to you that as you build that, as you pray for those people, the Lord will open doors unto you. And these same people may come back to you to say, hey, I need your help. Or they may not even come back to you. They may just find themselves in a position where they need your help. You don't have to be up there for them to need your help. You may be down there, but they need your help. Because remember, like we have said, the people down below, they have certain powers that you don't have. They know things that you do not know, that you can never ever know. The Lord will help us. So we have done that part. How do you show love in the marketplace? We have talked about four things. You seek the good of others. You seek, I mean, you clothe yourself with the presence of Jesus. You ask yourself, what will Jesus do? You clothe yourself with love and you say very deliberately, I love, I love, I love. Your, 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 your heart is telling, your flesh is telling you, you don't love, but your heart you're saying to your heart, I love, I love. This thing called flesh, it's not ready to go to heaven. It's not going to heaven. It's decaying. And that is why it will do everything to make sure you decay with it. Am I talking to somebody? The flesh has absolutely zero plan for heaven. And that is why every day you must crucify the flesh. It's going to decay. It's going to rot. Six feet below. And he wants you to stay even more than six feet below. The Lord will help us. So as you clothe yourself with love, I love, I love, I love. You are crucifying the flesh. And then the fourth point we said is pray for those who you do not like, you are not going to like everybody. Uh -uh. Let's not be holier than thou about these things. You are not going to like everybody. But the Lord will help you and you will get there. So how do you build on these relationships for your own good? Because if you just sit there and you're like, okay, I have done these four things and that is that. God, you are sovereign. God is sovereign. It is true that God is sovereign. But God is not going to come and take you. Remember we keep saying, oh, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And so it is what you want. It is what you want. And so you've got to play your own part in all of this. So how do you build professional relationships for your own good? To make sure you use them. To make sure you exploit them in a positive way. And that you get up to where you want to be. The first thing is you want to avoid pride and you want to be humble. Proverbs 15:33 
Proverbs 15.33 says, humility comes before honor. Humility precedes honor. And the same thing is said in Proverbs 18.12. Humility comes before honor. And so we've got to be humble. Pride, what is pride? It is self-importance. It is about me, myself, and I. I'm the only person who knows it. I'm the only person who does it well. I'm the only person who understands myself. Nobody understands me. That's pride. Whereas humility is an honest approach to the reality of our lives, and it acknowledges that we are not more important than other people. I am not more important than anybody, and nobody is more important than me. So let us get that straight. But let us think about it. What is humility? It's not about, you know, saying I am up there and so I'm going to try to disappear. No. It's not thinking about, it's not thinking, let me try to get this right. It's not thinking less about yourself. It's not thinking less of yourself, not about. It's not thinking less of yourself. Am I communicating? You are not thinking less of yourself. In other words, I am not less than who I am. That is not humility. Humility is thinking about yourself less. So you are thinking about other people more. And so because you are thinking about other people more, so other people are taking up that space. And so there is less space for you to think about yourself. Your space is only this big. It's a hundred. And so because you have given 80 to other people, you have only 20 for yourself. That is humility. If you give 80 to yourself, that is pride. And so think about it that way. And it's not about saying, ah, no, no, I'm the CEO, but let me pretend that I'm not the CEO. Oh, you are the CEO whether you like it or not. You are in charge whether you like it or not. Leadership 101, leadership is influence. Even as a student, even as... Even Yahaya, Yahaya could be a proud person. A student could be a proud person. But as a student, you can think more of others and less about yourself. And that makes the difference. So you have to make sure that you think of yourself less and you think of others more. That's one way of building your professional relationship. Never put anyone down. We have said it. Never underestimate anyone. Second Kings 5, 1 to 4. Remember Naaman? I'm sure we're all Bible scholars. Remember Naaman? Naaman had leprosy. It was the slave girl from Syria who said, there's a prophet. Said to Hamadan, there's a prophet. You know, and I can just imagine that she was with her madam, maybe making the woman's hair, maybe in the kitchen, busy helping, and, you know, said to her, ah, oh, 
the boss has an ailment, but I know this prophet. I know this man of God who can make a difference. And was Naaman cured of leprosy? He was. But imagine if out of pride, the madam of the house did not have a rapport with that slave girl. After all, she's a slave. And I'm going to treat her as a slave. What is she going to say to me? What does she have for me? But the madam had put herself in a position where this girl was able to talk to her, to converse with her freely. And so she said to her, ah, boss, I know there's this man, great man of God, who will help the boss of the house. And that made the difference. Let's take a lesson from there. Do not be proud. Be humble. Be approachable in your dealings with people. The second point is be diligent. Make sure you are the best wherever you find yourself. Make sure you are the best. Even if you're doing the work of a janitor, make sure that nobody cleans better than you. I was going through some things, and then I, was, I actually said that I will talk to Pastor and pull his leg about this. And I saw that Subway has a, has a job they call sandwich artist. You have given a, a little job a big name. So a sandwich artist. David, I am sure that you, that you occupy that role sometimes. So you are a sandwich artist. And I wonder what the sandwich artist does. So he takes, you know, uh, the bread and he puts in this, puts in that, puts in that. He has made colors and everything. So he makes it a lot more exciting than just regular bread. Am I? Okay. So even if you're a sandwich artist, be the best sandwich artist. Even if you're a janitor, like I said, be the best janitor. And like Pastor has said before, he proposed in his heart that no unbeliever would do the job better than him wherever he found himself. And just say, I am here for a purpose. You cannot divorce the secular from the spiritual. It doesn't work that way. Just say, I am going to be the best. Proverbs 22, 29 says, do you see a man diligent? Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will not stand before mere men. He will stand before who? Kings. He will stand before kings. And so Joseph stood before the king. And that brings us to the next point. Joseph was diligent. Joseph excelled. And Joseph stood before kings. Joseph was brought before Pharaoh. Let's go to the third point. The third point, when you are to appear before a superior, when you are to appear before anyone of means, anyone, in fact, anyone, you, go, you are going to your prof. The students in the house, I know that a lot of us, you know, we go to class wearing pajama bottoms. That's the culture. You'd better make sure that you dress properly because you never know. You never know what will happen. So you just get up from bed, you wash your face, and out you go. I'm just going to class for 40 minutes, for one hour, and I'll be back. 
anything could happen within that space of time. Joseph was in the prison, and then he was told, you need to come out. What did he do? Very easily, he could have stepped out. Very easily, he could have said, after all, I'm a prisoner, and I'm going to wear my prison clothes. I'm not going to do anything nice to myself. But what did he do? He shaved. He had a bath. He cleaned himself. He dressed up, and he appeared before Pharaoh. Let's put up Genesis 41, 14. So don't think Fidelia is making up this story. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly, they brought him quickly out. But even in that, he was brought out of the dungeon. But he shaved, he changed his clothing. I can imagine him applying aftershave. I can imagine him, you know, putting on those good clothes and then showing up before Pharaoh. And you know, there's a saying that you dress the way you want to be addressed. So if you want to be addressed as a no good person, then dress as a no good person. But he changed his clothes. He applied aftershave. He cut his hair. I saw somebody with his hair cut, and I'm like, oh, you cut your hair? You did cut your hair? And the fellow was like, yeah. I'm like, so what happened? And he told me what happened. But there was a wedding. And the guy that I knew, when I saw the pictures, I mean, I was like, no, this is not the guy. But on his wedding day, he decided that all those long braids and whatever he had, he was going to cut them. He appeared properly. I don't know what would have happened if Joseph had come out of the dungeon, you know, dressed in those dungeon clothes. I don't know if Pharaoh would have given, given him the light of day. But he appeared. And you know what? A lot of us would have taken that opportunity to ask for favors. But he did not ask for any favor. Pharaoh asked him a question, and he gave Pharaoh the response. He could very easily have said to Pharaoh, please release me from this prison. He did not. His work spoke for him. So if you are diligent in what you do, if you excel in what you do, your work will speak for you. Let your work speak for you. And that is the connection between diligence and Joseph. But then make sure that you appear properly. And when you are appearing properly, is it uh, a presentation? Is it something, you know, a meeting? Don't go in unprepared. Make sure that you prepare for it. Praise the Lord. You know, Esther, in Esther 5, and I'm going to go quickly now because of our time. Esther 5, even though she was the queen, she was married to the king, she didn't just go before him. She put on her royal robes. She put on her royal robes. So she exploited that, and she built on that. The fourth point is listen to your mentor. We all have, if you, are, if you are in a place of work or you are in school and you don't have a mentor, please get yourself one. Even if you are doing business, there's somebody who got into that business space before you and you can look up to. Get yourself a mentor. 
and take the advice of your mentor. And here I have a few examples, but let me focus on one. Ruth, Ruth 3, 3 to 5. Ruth and Naomi. I know this is not a women's meeting, so I won't talk too much. But you know, Naomi said to Ruth, Ah, you will have your bath tonight. You will go and lay at his feet. And then you will wait for him to say whatever. A lot of us women, what will we do? Look at this wicked mother-in-law. She's turned me to a prostitute. She wants me to go and lay at his feet. But what did Ruth say? I know you have my interest at heart. So because they had built that relationship of mentor-mentee, and so Ruth now had so much trust in Naomi, and she knew that Naomi couldn't do her any wrong. And so she went and she did that. And today, we can talk about Ruth being one of those in the lineage of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So listen to your mentor. And then set boundaries. Set boundaries. That's the next point. Let people know what you stand for. I'm not going to tell any more stories. Let people know, but I have a lot of stories to tell. But let people know what you stand for. What are your values? Daniel 3, the three Hebrew children said, we know the God that we serve. He is able to deliver us. But if he does not deliver us, so be it. They stood. And Daniel continued to pray. Even though he knew that, you know, a decree had been set. Daniel continued to pray. What are your values? What do people know you for? Otherwise, if they think you will take any rubbish, then you become the garbage can. You know those black, those black garbage bags? You become one of those. Everything goes in there. You are not compost. You are not recycling. You are black garbage. And then sometimes when something, you're too tired to go to the compost place, you put it into garbage. Everything goes. Everything goes. What do you stand for? What do people know about you? Set boundaries. And then the next thing is present things to God in prayer before going into that meeting or before making an unusual request. Don't just walk in. We are not like, we are not unbelievers. We are different. We are different. We plug into a source, a source of power. And when you plug into that source, you can be sure that power comes. Whether you see it today or not, it doesn't matter. You may see it tomorrow. You may see it next year, but it will happen. Plug into that source. Proverbs 21.1, TPT, the Passion Translation, says it is easy for God to steer a king's heart for his purposes as it is to direct the course of a stream. Easy for God. But you need to plug into God. Nehemiah went to the king to say, I have this request. But he prayed before he did it. And the king granted him that request and even more. Esther said to the people, fast for me three days before she went before the king. So let's not take, you know, our relationship with God for granted. The Lord will help us. Very quickly, there are three relationships we must form and build in the marketplace. You must have a body. A body is somebody who walks alongside you and says to you, oh, 
there's this landmine. Oh, there's that landmine. Look at David and Jonathan. Jonathan said, if you see me do this, or if you hear me do this, then you know it's not safe for you. That's a body. And if you are in school, you are working somewhere, you're doing a business, there is a body. There's somebody, not just a mentor. A mentor is higher up, wiser, whatever. But there's a body who is like, okay, you know, I'm coming alongside you. Let's do this together. We've talked about the mentor, Paul and Timothy, great example. Then you need a sponsor. A sponsor is somebody who will speak for you behind closed doors. The book of Philemon, there was a guy called Onesimus who had run away. Read the book of Philemon. It's, uh, Philemon. it's only one chapter. And Paul spoke for him to say, please take him back. You need somebody like that in your life. And then what are the things or the people you should avoid in the marketplace? Don't gossip. And avoid gossips. A blabber mouth will reveal your secrets. Proverbs 20, 19. It says, so stay away from people who cannot keep their mouths shut. The way you stay away from people who cannot keep their mouths shut, the same way people will stay away from you if you cannot keep your mouth shut. The office place, the marketplace is not the place to gossip. Then you want to avoid the office suck-up. The one who goes before the boss. Before the boss comes in, ah, you know, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, bloody, bloody, blah. You know everything. Wisdom is in your head. You are polishing apples. Have you encountered such? If you haven't, let me see your hand up. Even in school, you see them. Before the teacher asks, before the prof asks a question, half of the time they are wrong. That's the office suck-up. Then the, I know it all. I know everything. I know it all. And you also do not be an I know it all. When you have a coin, there's always the flip side. Don't be the person on the other side of the coin. I know we are Christians, but there are things that happen. We're in the world. We're not of the world. Amen? No matter how tempted you are, Avoid office affairs. Bad. Bad. There are men of God who have been brought down as a result of office affairs. There was a man, he was a CEO. He was having an affair with a manager in his office and his wife went there one fine day, you know, because she had gotten a report that this lady used to bring food to the husband at work. Timed it perfectly walked into his office and turned the uh, plate of food on the man's head. That was the end of the man's career. Let's not talk too much about that. But there are things that we need to avoid. So as we round up Philippians 4, 8, the Passion Translation, it says, keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, Honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Whatever things are, and we went over that in Sunday school today. Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are of good report, whatever things, you know, think on these things. Think on them. And as you build your professional relationships, love, as you think about these things, you cannot do but love the people. 
Our job, brethren, is to love people without stopping to question if they are worthy of our love or not. If it's about being worthy, I am not worthy. You are not worthy. But Jesus gave it up for us. And so we've got to replicate that. And let us treat men the same way we want to be treated. Luke 6.31 says it. What you want to be done unto you, you do unto others. In the marketplace, let us love. Because we want others to love us. We want to advance and we want others to advance. Brethren, life is not divided into secular and spiritual categories. There is nothing like that. Nothing like that. Everything we do is for God's glory. And everything we do, wherever we find ourselves, we need God. We need God. We need to exhibit love. We need God on our side. And we need to exhibit love. If you do not exhibit love, God cannot stand for you. God will not stand for you. Because God is love. And if you do not exhibit love, God will not stand for you. Daniel exhibited love. Nehemiah exhibited love. Esther exhibited love. Ruth exhibited love. Joseph exhibited love. Paul exhibited love. Who else? Jesus exhibited love. Are you exhibiting love in the marketplace? Despite all the challenges, are you exhibiting love? Shall we bow our heads as we pray? Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.